0: blessed generation you are listening to limitless the podcast on faith life and growth and i am your host Eve if this is your first time listening to the podcast welcome if this isn't your first time welcome back to the podcast. Over here on Limitless, we get into everything that involves living life as a young person, so beautifully, so vibrantly in Christ. And we are doing this with a body of believers because we are family over here on Limitless. We are going through these struggles as a believer together. Right guys, so I am super excited about today's episode and I'm also so happy and blessed to hear the reviews and the messages that you sent me about the last episode that you guys were so blessed and you learned a thing or two and I'm so happy and I just want you guys to know that I appreciate every single time you reach out and you put comment comment or a review I, it's such a blessing to read because it just makes me know that okay people are listening people are being blessed lives are being impacted positively I'm not just here babbling to myself with my mic <laughs> so I, it's, I really really appreciate it guys and I pray that the things you learned from the retreats and the things you gained from the retreats it will be maintained you Know the fire that you build in this retreat time, it will grow. That your study of the word and your hunger for the word will grow. That everything that God has started in your life from this point onwards and even before will be so magnificent and will produce such amazing and divine fruit in Jesus' name, amen. So, yeah, guys, um, if the retreat, if you decided to take a retreat, I'm so happy. If you haven't, I think this, this is a sign that maybe you should. If you need to, okay? Yeah, it's not my force. If you need to, take that retreat. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, then listen to the last episode. People like to hear about dating and stuff. Funnily enough, I don't talk about this topic so often. One of my friends actually told me that, you know, I don't think we really talk about this. Because, you know, it's one aspect of our lives, but it's a very important aspect because... As believers, the person that you are in courtship with or you're dating, you will most likely marry. You know, that's the purpose of you doing this. We don't just date for vibes. There's a future ambition in God. There is a vision for this relationship. And because it's marriage that you're seeking, your husband or your wife could either build up or break down your destiny. And so it's so important that this season of your life you don't play with. That you are very intentional with the people that you allow into your space. That you make yourself emotionally available to. Because it's not everyone that you just open your heart to. And the reason I use the word courting. If you guys notice, the first time I spoke about relationships, Christian relationships, I used the word dating slash courting. Because I believe that, as I said, this is going to lead to marriage. So basically, the purpose of you being with this guy, the purpose of you being with this girl is to see, is this person a potential spouse, someone that I will be willing to marry, that I can call a head over my household, that I can call a helper in my household, that I can call a good mother, a good father. Maybe not now, but could, do we have the potential to become that? That's what this season is about. But anyway, so, um, yeah, that was a bit of an intro, wasn't it? But I'm just saying this to give you guys like a disclaimer. And if you are not in the stage of your life where you're dating, because I know I have a range of listeners, whatever age range you're in, if you can't apply it now, then just pick it up, write some things down and then apply it when you eventually do date. Uh, this intro is getting long, but I just want to say that I remember my first relationship that I was listening to so many dating podcasts and I didn't know I was going to date that year, but I was listening to so many dating podcasts, reading so many books, so many things that prepared me for that season. And I had no idea that season was coming. So although I didn't need it then. In the next year or so, a couple of months or so, I actually did need that and I applied it and it was so helpful. And it helped me realize what I did want and I what I did not want. And that's how that relationship ended. (laughs) But anyway, so um, yeah, let's get straight into the episode. I've been rambling for quite a bit. Right, so red flags in dating. For those of you guys who may not know, I have done green flags. So if you want to listen to that, you can go and hop on one of the episodes in season one where I discuss. Green flags of Christian relationships, basically. So these are red flags. Now the important thing about red flags is these are signs. These are hints. These are things that the Holy Spirit is opening your eyes to, to warn you so that you do not end up with a person who has attributes that you can't stand who in fact he was showing signs or she was showing signs of these attributes whilst you guys were courting but because you were so blinded by love or you're like i can change him you're not god you're not the holy spirit you cannot change anybody that does not want to change and so if you see an attribute in the person you're with that you feel off about ask yourself if this attribute in this person never changes can i live with it like there's some things that this person has a weird laugh or an annoying laugh. If you can live with that, that's fine. But if this person is an angry person and they flip anyhow, I cannot live with that. I'm sorry, that's a huge red flag. We're gonna get into anger and some other red flags. And there are quite a few number of red flags. And so I tried to put it down to just five because we're not here to just rant about what to look for, what evil things to look for in people. That's why I did green flags first. I think it was very important to look at the green flags and the red flags. Right, so the first red flag someone with an unteachable spirit that has an unteachable character and that means that this person has some negative attributes things that you know they're not deal breakers but the problem is that they're unwilling to change they don't believe they have any weaknesses and this could be because of pride people like this there is nobody that you can report them to there is no one that has the authority in their mind to correct them and that is a dangerous person to be with. My dad says this thing a lot in church because my dad talks about these things as well. He says that you should never stay in a relationship with someone that doesn't have anybody that he can submit to, any higher authority. If this person has nobody that you can say this person is going out of line, they don't respect their father, they don't respect their mother, they don't respect anybody in high authority. Trust me, when God is speaking to them, they're not going to respect his voice either. Someone who cannot obey human authority will struggle to obey heavenly authority and i say this because we're human beings right we make mistakes but a prideful heart will never admit their mistakes and this is what it means to have an unteachable spirit everybody has things they need to work on but the first stage or the first step in working on something is identifying that there is a problem now if you can't even identify there is a problem you will never be able to work on that thing and that is an attribute of pride. Proverbs fifteen thirty two says, those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains understanding. How would you be able to grow and know where you need to work on, develop yourself as a human being, work on your weaknesses if you can't even identify or admit that there is a problem? For example, if someone's in a relationship and you don't like the way they handle their anger, that is also a red flag by the way, but you don't like the way a person in a relationship handles their anger. And you're like, you know, I think you should find methods to calm down so that you don't, you know, do things or say things that you can't undo or unsay. And this person is like, you know, that's the way God made... That, I think I've mentioned this before. I think that's one of the most angering statements a person can say. That's the way God made me. Because that statement says, I will make no effort to change. I am perfect. My pride will not allow me to see my fault. And therefore, I am perfect. Therefore, I have nothing to develop in myself. And a person who refuses to admit their weaknesses, cannot work on those weaknesses and they will forever remain stagnant. And I don't know about you, but I cannot be with someone. And I think you also can't be with someone who is not willing to develop themselves or grow. And you most likely, being their partner, will see these attributes most often. So you're most likely going to be the person to point it out. So if you're pointing out something in this person, an attribute that you know needs work and they're refusing to admit that they need work, I think you should step back because when their marriage comes and there are things that will surely come up, again, you're human beings, that person won't be willing to work on it. And it takes two to tango. It takes two to make a relationship work. One person can't be developing themselves and trying to be better, read books, listen to seminars, ask mentors, how can I improve? And the other person saying, nah, I'm perfect. I ain't going to do jack. That's going to crash. And that's why James 1, 19 to 20 tells us that, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. But I want you guys to focus on that beginning part to be quick to listen, slow to speak. Is this person teachable? Can they admit when they're wrong? Are they willing to work on their wrongs to become a better person for you and for themselves just so they can be a better human being in the society, not even just for the relationship? So that's number one, a person who is unteachable. And I want really for you guys to pick from that is if this person cannot obey human authority, they will not be able to obey heavenly authority. So, someone like this, if God is speaking to this person, they could easily just wave off his voice. And that is a dangerous person to be married to. Someone that is waving off the voice of God in your marriage, even in a relationship, that's risky. Imagine marrying someone that is waving off the voice of God. And that's now, imagine if it's not the head of your house, ladies, if that's the head of your house. So yeah, no, that's that's a huge red flag. No thanks. Um, the next one, being unequally yoked. And the reason I'm saying this is because you can have two believers. They love God, they go to church regularly you know, they read their Bible, they pray every day, but they're still on different levels in terms of seriousness, in a way that one is very lukewarm, and does the bare minimum, and reads their verse of the day, and they go to church once a week, and the other is a Bible-believing, fire-fire, super-on-fire Christian. And I say this because this is how you get couples that are both christian right and i've seen this there's this youtube couple that i watched one time and the guy was saying how he never believed i think till today i don't know but they shall married anyway he doesn't believe that christians must abstain from sex before marriage you know if you love each other then and you know you're going to get married then it's fine Uh, this guy's christian then the girl who's also a christian she's like, no, I want to abstain before marriage. And it's like, but these are biblical, like, I I was so confused. Like, I don't get, what do you mean you don't think? Who cares what you think? The Bible says that we are not to fornicate, okay? is like, but the guy's Christian. He believes Jesus Christ is his Lord and personal savior. But you can see on that wavelength, they are very different. Now, the good thing about him is that he was able to still abstain because of his wife. Now, there are going to be situations where the other party is not going to want to abstain. And you are doing everything you can to keep yourself before marriage. You're trying to stay pure. You're trying to keep your celibacy. And this person is saying, you know, I think, you know, we we love each other now. Let's try and push the boundaries. And they keep pushing those boundaries that you've created. And you start to realize, I don't think we're on the same level. We don't have the same mindset concerning my walk with God, our walk with God. And I cannot carry this into a marriage. Because there's also going to be times where we'll be like, let's take a fast And the other part is like, what's what's that? I don't believe in fasting. And you're both Christian. That's why I'm saying this is so important. When your standards of spirituality are too far apart, when your core values and core spiritual beliefs are too far apart. I'm not even talking about, are you Christian? You're both Christian. But one doesn't believe in fasting. You want to fast for your family. And she's saying, what's that? It's not a big deal. One person can't carry an entire family. That's why we have a support system. That's why there is a head. That's why there is a neck. Man is the head wife is the neck the head is fasting and through that fasting he's getting spiritually stronger but the neck is choosing to continue to drain herself spiritually how's that head gonna stay up and that's the wife or if the neck is fasting and she's building herself spiritually and the head is like i don't see the point of all that how is that body gonna function and it's so sad because we see this so commonly where most people now Their mothers are in church and they are fasting. They're praying for the kids and they're doing all these things and the fathers are at home. The fathers identify as Christian, but they're not practicing in the way they should practice. They're not living according to the principles of the Lord. There are many Christians who, the only thing that makes them Christian is their Sundays. Everything else from Monday to Saturday, they are partying, they're drinking, they're smoking, they're taking drugs. There are so many people who have kind of just romanticized Christianity to be this thing where you can do whatever you want. As long as you go to church on Sunday and say, I love Jesus. I'm a Jesus baby. And I'm not even saying this in a judgmental way. Genuinely, I have things that I need to work on. But as I said, identifying that there are things you need to work on is the first stage in getting better. But when you can't even identify you have a problem and you think that you are perfect as a believer. Is already an issue. And so if you are listening to this podcast and you know in your heart that you are in this stage of your spiritual life. Where you are too on fire to be settling with any lukewarm Christian then take note of this. You know that your relationship with God has gone to a new level. You cannot afford to be with someone who has one leg in and one leg out because they will take their one leg in, one leg out principles and influence your kids. And you may think that all that's late into the future. I don't know, it depends on your age range. I think about these things because my parents are already talking to me about these things. <laughs> so I I have no choice but to think about these things. I'm, but I believe that if you feel like this is not really for you right now, just write it down somewhere. Have this somewhere because it will help you later on. There is a spectrum in your walk with God, there is a spectrum, there is nothing, I'm not saying that baby Christians are horrible people, no of course, you know, everybody has their starting point, but it's not your job to build that person up in their relationship with God, God would do that, and he can do that apart of your relationship, aside from your relationship, what you can be doing is interceding for that person, I've mentioned this before, do not missionary date, do not try and be an evangelistic data and evangelize to your partner in the relationship, no, let them walk, a walk with God is personal, let them build their relationship with God alone, Outside of your relationship. And when they're better. If if that is what God wants for you. Then you guys can come together and you know continue your relationship. That's fine. But the purpose. The most important thing. Is for that person to know God. And know God for real. And build their fire for Christ. And stop this lukewarm thing. Because it's not helping anybody. Okay. So that was the other one. Difference in your spiritual development. I didn't even know how that point is. Just that's the next point. <laughs> that's point number two. All right. Point number three is someone that is insecure. That is so dangerous because it's not your job to complete a person or make a person feel secure about themselves. I think I mentioned this in either the relationship one or the green flags one. I don't remember. But this is something that I've learned again, from all those things that I listened to before I even got into a relationship. Which is, you are nobody's perfect half. Nobody's your perfect half. You are a whole human being before you step into a relationship. So if you believe right now that you're half, you're not completing yourself. You are not ready for any kind of relationship. Please, just day or day. Stay in your lane work on yourself, you and God, you know, have a chit chat, God, I don't know, I don't like the way my body looks, I don't like the way I look, I don't like the way I feel, I feel insecure, work on that between you and God, but you cannot take that mentality into a relationship, because you're going to expect that person to keep feeding your ego, that's not their job, you're going to expect that person to make you feel like a whole human being, that's not their job, that's between you and the Holy Spirit, to work on that, build yourself, understand who you are in Christ, have a deeply rooted identity in Christ, then, You can take your confident self into a relationship and know that I'm a boss, regardless of what happens. I am fearfully and wonderfully made by my magnificent creator, regardless of whatever this person does to me in a relationship or however he treats me or or she treats me, because you're not insecure. And you see a lot of people take a lot of rubbish in relationships because of insecurity. And it's so sad because if you knew how precious and how God carries you as his, like his baby, you wouldn't allow yourself to, you wouldn't subject yourself to such a horrible, treatment because you know your value you know that not anybody can just you know play with you or just treat you anyhow because my god sees me as a queen as royalty a royal priesthood brought out of darkness into his light and because of that nobody can just use me to play ludo and you have other situations where the person's actually treating you really well but because of your insecurity you are jealous you you know you're scared they're gonna cheat on you you're overly attached to them you don't have your own life you just this person you are hungering for this person to complete you when your completeness can only be found in your creator your wholeness can only be found in jesus christ and a relationship with him anything outside of that is fake it's a facade anything else you will find your identity in is a facade and it will crumble and it will disappoint you god will never disappoint you and another thing loneliness is not a reason to enter a relationship it's really not because that's another thing. You're insecure. Like, you know, you're lonely. You don't have anybody with you. You just feel like, if I had a boyfriend right now, I would just feel so better, much better about myself. Or if I had a girlfriend, I would have a feel. But No, that's... <laughs> I had to really deal with that feeling because I remember my first relationship, I... Before then, I was feeling somehow because I had friends who were in relationships. And I was like, it was three of us. And then they had relationships. And I was the only one not in a relationship. And I just felt so weird about it. But... I also recognized the fact that I had so many insecurities and that because of those insecurities, I was a horrible candidate for a relationship anyway. I had to get past that stage of my life and feeling lonely and be content in just doing me. And later on, a relationship did come. But by that time, I wasn't entering a relationship because I was lonely, because I had already been content with me and God on this. (laughs) I had been content in my own company, in my own friends and not a guy to fulfill me or make me feel like I am valuable. And vice versa. I know we say a lot with females, but guys also feel these things where you see a lot of guy friends. They, you know, they, they get the girls. You're not really getting girls and you feel kind of somehow. Understand that you need to build yourself in Christ. You need to build that because if not, a girl will just be treating you like Ludo. <laughs> She'll just be playing you like Ludo because you still haven't found your security in Christ. So that's so important. There's are two things that I mentioned there. Insecurity and then Uh, using loneliness as a reason to enter a relationship. So yeah, if you're struggling with companionship, find your ultimate companionship in your heavenly father first before people. Right. So the next one is spiritual unsettlement. I don't know if I'm going to do a part two, because I feel like there are so many other things that I can mention, but I'm just going to say spiritual unsettlement. And the reason this is a hefty one is because legit, this person could have everything. Like guys, if I give you a list of like, let me say my spec, Let's, okay, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but let's say, or if you're a guy and he, she has all the attributes you want and her skin is glistening and she's this and that, but then God says no, then that's a no. She could be on fire for God. She could be perfect in your eyes, but that doesn't mean she's perfect for you. Because God sees way beyond we can see his thoughts are hiding our thoughts, his ways are hiding our ways, Isaiah 55, 8. And so what we see is the face value. We see the things that they portray to us. God sees beyond what we our eyes can even imagine. He sees what we can't see. He sees the future to come with this person that could crush our destiny. But all we see is today. All we see is, oh, they go to church all the time. Oh, he smells good. Oh, he, he's always talking about God. Oh, she's so holy. And what God will reveal to you is they're like that now in the next 10 years time. Or maybe they're a good person, but they're just not for you. They don't fit your destiny. They don't fit your purpose. You, go, you guys are going in two different directions in life. You guys can't be saying you want to walk together in a relationship and a future marriage, but you have two completely different directions for your lives. So they could be a good person on face value, but that doesn't mean they're the person for you. And then that's why you're getting that spiritual unsettlement. Because it's more about your destiny, your future, than just a list. And that's why it's so important that you don't get so caught up in your list and so caught up in what you want and what you've envisioned for your life and the person you've envisioned yourself to be with. And you just settle down for a bit and you'd be like, God, are you in this? Are you sure this relationship is pleasing you? Open your ears to the will of God. John 10, 27 says that my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me if you are truly a sheep of god just chill for a bit break yourself down and listen because god could be talking to you about this person he could be bringing you red flag upon red flag but your adamancy in being with this person is knocking everything out the way listen maybe holy spirit is trying to talk to you about something but you're not listening maybe you're even seeing the red flags but there's something that <laughs> the pastor Kingsley Concours said. He said that some of you guys are seeing red flags, but you're using it to sow Ashwabi. <laughs> and then 1 Thessalonians 5.22 says, abstain from all appearances of evil. So if you're seeing these red flags, which are the appearances of evil, why are you running through it instead of away from it? Why are you keep deceiving yourself of, no, but she's so good, but she's always in church. That doesn't mean that she's the girl for you. That doesn't mean he's the guy for you. There are millions, hundreds of millions, maybe even over a billion of people that are in church. Does that mean every Christian brother's for you or every Christian sister is for you? You can't take this journey without keeping God at the centre every step of the way. There are so many relationships that they've been together for years. Then it's at the engagement point, their eyes open to things that I can't be with this person. So never believe that, oh no, we, we've been dating for so long. It's too late. No, no, still have your ears open. At any stage, God can just reveal something to you. Spiritual unsettlement, to me, that's the biggest red flag because this person could be perfect. But that spiritual unsettlement can be the only reason that you separate yourself from that person. And that's enough. There are some red flags that really is not enough. For example, the one I said about an annoying laugh. But spiritual unsettlement is the biggest red flag. And that is God just showing you mercy. Because he's like, I don't need you guys. I don't want my son or my daughter to go and suffer in any marriage. So I'm saving him or her from this now. So if God is giving you a get out of jail free card now. Before struggle comes. Why are you ignoring He's doing you a favour. And a broken relationship is so much better than a broken marriage. I keep talking about this and I don't know the age ranges. And I know some of you guys are like, "Eh, I'm not thinking about marriage right now. Just keep it somewhere. Write this down. Keep it somewhere. I was not thinking about marriage when I first started listening to books and reading books and listening to sermons and stuff about dating and stuff. And then I got into my first relationship a couple of months later and it was so helpful. And now a couple of years later and, you know, the conversation of marriage is actually coming up. (laughs) Not now. Like, a girl's got a medical career to get through, but people are getting older, you know, we're not getting any younger. (laughs) We're not getting any younger, right? (laughs) So yeah, spiritual unsettlement is the, the most important. Please pray. Pray every stage. He knows what is best for you. You stop thinking that you know the best. No, you don't. No, you don't. How many relationships have you seen? I've witnessed so many relationships that the beginning, they're so perfect for each other and they still split up. So it's not about having everything on paper. It's about God being in it, God ordaining it. Without God in it, you're completely wasting your time. The last but not least is someone that lacks vision. And I say this because vision is so important. Not even just, forget relationships right now. As a human being, you need vision for your life. You need direction. You need a purpose. I've heard this statement so many times where the worst thing that can happen to a person is for them to not have purpose or to live life without purpose, without direction. Now, of course, I'm not saying you have to have everything figured out. I don't have everything figured out. Most, nobody, that's why I mean, God, nobody has everything figured out. But you should have the heart, the open heart to hear from the Lord and ask God, what's next? Because it's this kind of person that you can start a future with. You can't start a future with a directionless person. You cannot start a future with someone who doesn't know where they're going, their next step. You may not be 110% sure, but you have an idea. This is where, this is the kind of thing that God is laying in my heart. This is the things I've asked him. I've asked God, you know, what do you want me to do next? And he's, you don't have to have everything. I keep saying this, you don't have to have everything together because I think, I don't want you guys to get this twisted or think that, oh, if he's not a go-getter, he doesn't have a 10-year plan, rest, okay? Rest, you don't need a 10-year plan. But you need someone who has a heart submitted to God that is willing to hear from God, obey and move. And you need that heart as well. This is also some of these red flags. You may notice that you have some of these. Work on them, not for any guy or any girl so that oh, so I can be the perfect girlfriend, girlfriend No, no, no. For yourself, work on it for yourself. You need direction for yourself. We're stepping into this stage of our lives where we are becoming more independent, less reliant on our parents. We need to start making decisions ourselves, and it's scary. But do you know what's so amazing? We're Christians. So we're not alone on this journey. We have God. Now, if you're with someone who doesn't know how to listen to God, who doesn't know how to make wise decisions with their life choices, who even lacks vision with your relationships and it's like, eh, wherever it goes, it goes. That's a problem. And because, especially now in our generation where a lot of, I'll say this for females, you go for people who, oh, he has money and not even he has money. For most of them, is their parents' money. But let's just say, oh, he has money, he's rich. And then you discount the other people that they may not have so much money, but they have vision, they have drive, they have potential. Can I tell you something? That guy who is feeding off their parents' money, that person cannot sustain you or your life or your family or your kids. That is just completely reliant on his daddy, his mummy. But the person with vision, with purpose, even if he has mummy and daddy's money, He knows that this is a seed to be sown and to develop to produce more fruit. Not to squander and just spend on expensive things. And if you are struggling with, you know, your purpose in life and etc. And stuff like that. I did an episode with Okwami Puaiku on um, purpose during the Level Up series. And that was a couple of months back. So you can check the episode out. But yeah, guys. So I mentioned a couple of things here. I mentioned pride, insecurity, different levels in your spiritual walk, or conflicting moral values, spiritual unsettlement. Is that the only ones I mentioned? Yeah. So those are some of the red flags that you can look out for. There are so many more red flags, but there are also so many more green flags, and I can't name everything, but I just know that those, I think, are the major attributes to look out for in a Christian relationship, and I hope that you guys learned a thing or two, and you were able to apply it, or you know, keep your eyes peeled because of it. And I hope that this episode has been a blessing to you, a learning lesson for you. Right, guys, so I will be with you guys next week for the next episode. Have an amazing day. Have an amazing week. Have an amazing month. Have an amazing year. Have an amazing 2023. Bye, guys. See you next week.